Welcome back, and happy Friday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio, live and local here in Richmond, Virginia, from 12 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and the best damn sports talk in town. Odyssey app gives you the ability to pause, rewind, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. If you missed any of the show, we also post a best-of podcast, best-of AWOD radio every single day. It's a full hour available for you during your drive home from work. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our buddy Marcus Mook Washington, who's an ACC insider on my show. What's going on, Mook? Hey, what's happening, my man? Everything's going great. How about yourself? It's going pretty good here, except for conference realignment talk. It's it's so disappointing because I, I just it's not the same as it was when I was a kid. That's what it is. I'm the old man now screaming to get off my lawn, and uh, I want the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to be like it was when I was a kid, but that's not going to happen anymore. So with the news you heard the last few weeks here, what do you think is the future of the ACC basketball-wise? Well, from a basketball perspective, the ACC could be adversely impacted. The only saving grace might end up being, uh, you know, the grant of rights, maybe preventing teams from leaving. But it becomes a scheduling thing. And this is where the ACC is going to have to lean on their network partners to be able to get the outer conference games that they've been getting in these challenges and made for TV matchups. But from a recruiting perspective, it's where I'm starting to get concerned for the ACC. When you start to get these super conferences, it brings teams into areas that usually aren't in the areas. And how grassroots basketball works now, players are so used to playing around the country. I'm one of them. I, I coach on the Under Armour circuit. We play around the country. We played everywhere from Phoenix to Las Vegas to Rock Hill, South Carolina, to Dallas, Texas. So, it really kids are really used to now playing on a national schedule. Now you're bringing teams from other parts of the country, usually in your recruiting base, and then eh, they could sneak in and and lose. You could lose a guy or two um, that you usually would have had if it wasn't for these conference realignments. So I'm interested on a recruiting perspective, what's going to happen with the ACC, and also from a scheduling perspective what's going to happen with the ACC, because think about it this way. If I'm part of the committee for the NCAA tournament, the Big Ten now has, you know, practically 30 teams. Now maybe I'm taking the top nine in the Big Ten. Maybe I'm taking the top 11 in the Big Ten as opposed to the top six or the top seven, and that could impact uh, a conference like the ACC. Yeah, and speaking of the ACC, we've got two teams that we cover here in Richmond in the ACC with Virginia Tech and UVA. Uh, how do you think they'll handle this conference shakeup when it comes to basketball? You know, it's going to make an impact in recruiting and also, you know, how many teams from the ACC get in to the big dance, the NCAA tournament? Well, UVA, what they have to their advantage is they have an identity. And with Tony Bennett, there are kids that UVA is going to go after that are going to end up at UVA because that is that school's identity. I think that really works very well for them. Now, they obviously, after last year's, last year's ending, they're looking for a bounce-back year. They've had some tough, um, some tough losses on the recruiting trail. You know, they, they were hot after T.J. Power, didn't get T.J. Power. Um, 
and those type of things. But I feel like they will be okay. Virginia Tech's a little bit different. I think Virginia Tech, the style they play, what Mike Young is looking for, is just one of those things that a lot of teams are looking for. And now with Virginia Tech, now you have to be able to beat guys on the recruiting trail. They lost Jones off of the staff, who is over at Maryland now. Can they come back up to the DMV and get some of the top guys that I know they have been looking at? Let me tell you, that DeMatha event during the summer, I saw everyone from from Syracuse to University of Washington to Cal to, to Virginia Tech to University of Miami, all of those guys in this area trying to pluck out this area. Virginia Tech also might want to leverage that Tidewater area just a little bit harder, um, especially on the public school trail. But, again, it, that trail brings in so many different, not only different teams, but different conferences. Tennessee will come over from the SEC. You know, now that Maryland's in the Big Ten, that, that gives the Big Ten a presence. So, Virginia Tech, I think it's a little bit more challenging. But UVA, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm wondering who would you say is winning this battle for the DMV right now in terms of recruiting? You know, Maryland's revamped. They've got a good uh, coach there. Georgetown now is a new program. Mason, some excitement with their new hire. And then UVA Tech, VCU, uh, and all these teams here. Who would you say is winning the DMV battle right now with basketball recruiting? Oh, right now, it's got to be Maryland. Because what Maryland has done under Kevin Willard is not only are they leveraging the DMV ties from the transfer portal, they have the, uh, the two freshmen that came in there, very high-level freshmen, and, and Jamie Kaiser and Deshaun Smith-Harris, both had everyone from, from Duke on up in this area trying to get those kids. Maryland won those battles. They're really leveraging it, but they're going to have a lot of competition, as you name. So many of the programs here have new coaches. Tony Skin will do a wonderful job over at George Mason. We know his team takeover ties. Uh, VCU, obviously, with the style of play that they have, and, and I know with the new coach in Odom, but look how Utah State played under Odom. Very attractive system. You can see him plucking guys out of this area. You know, GW over here in D.C. So, uh, the change of coaches have brought a lot of excitement at Cooley uh, over there at Georgetown, but there is enough talent in this area to go around. I'm telling you, so much talent in this area, so much talent in this area to, to go around. And, and some of the coaches, keep an eye on some of the coaches who have been hired recently that's not in this area. Um, Syracuse uh, hiring uh, Adrian Altry, who has ties to this area, and he grabbed one of GW's assistants who also has ties to this area. Tim English leaving George Mason to go to Providence. He has ties in this area. So I think there's a lot of talent here. VCU, uh, George Mason, I definitely see both of them benefiting. They got electric coaches, coaches who know the landscape, one young, one older. And, and, and look, when we talk again during that college basketball season, we're going to be talking a lot about George Mason and VCU and their success. It's Marcus Mook Washington with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, MTC with Mook. That's MTC making the cut with Mook. You can read his work online, mtcwithmook.com. Mook, so are you going to be covering any college football this season? Well, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping to get around the ACC trail a little bit. I, I do a little Division three, which no one's interested in. But we're hoping to get around the ACC trail. And certainly if I do, you'll be the first to know. Well, speaking of the ACC, are you buying into the hype around FSU, or are you like me, Clemson is top dog until someone proves me otherwise? Oh, Clemson is top dog until someone proves otherwise. 
they're one of those programs that it's almost like a legacy program now. Like you see at Alabama, like you see at Georgia, in the sense that kids are going to go because of past success. They are well coached. They're going to get guys who buy in. FSU has lost that. Just like Miami, and I know they're trying to regain it, and, and there's some positive things going their way, but my goodness, man, until you show me that you can overtake Clemson and what they got going there and the type of program they've built, nah, I'm not buying into the S- FSU hype. Yeah, I'm with you on that, but I am buying into UNC's quarterback, Drake May, and his chance oh. to win the Heisman this year. I definitely think he's going to be a finalist. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, I love that guy. Uh, and think about the ACC and how much, uh, if you're a quarterback, how many programs play an exciting brand of football? You know, Sam Hartman, which was down there at Wake, now over at Notre Dame. Like you said, Drake May. Sam Howell before Drake May. UNC is sneaky at this, but they have become a destination for quarterbacks. Great stuff, man. Love having you on the show. Hoping to connect with you again throughout the season. And, of course, you know we'll have you on the show for some college basketball talk. Uh, Your one-stop shop for all sports news and opinions from the DMV and beyond. Making the cut with Mook at MTC with Mook on social media. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, my brother. Yep, good talking to you. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. It's Friday. You deserve it. I'll be right back. Tune in to AWOD Radio for DC Pro Sports and Entertainment. Because he has no clue what he's talking about with going for it on fourth downs or challenging plays or play calling. It's the most frustrating team in the world to root for. And every Sunday, I depress myself for three hours. Every day, 12 to 3 on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Programming note, we will air the Commander's game here on Odyssey Richmond tonight. Pre-game show will be on 96.1 FM. And then the game and the post-game show being at 7 p.m. will air on 11.40 a.m. and 96.1 FM. Because, of course, the Squirrels play tonight on 910 the fan 910 the fan will be the home for the Washington Commanders this season and joining us right now to preseason to preview the preseason game is Grant Polson on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline what's going on GP Adam what's up buddy how are you I'm doing pretty good so I do need you to settle a debate that took place on the sports junkies this morning which of course we air from 6 to 10 a.m. apparently your producer Ryan Clary has some big marbles. He walked into Drab T-Shirt's office and claimed that he was the most attractive producer at the station. Do you care to comment? I think Ryan Clary, as we sit here talking on August 11th, 2023, two minutes after 1 o'clock, is right now the best-looking producer at 106.7 The Fan. <laughs> I would agree with that. My guy's come up <laughs> off 50 pounds. He's feeling confident. He's wearing a lot of blue shirts that pop his eyes, make him look really good. Uh, yeah, I've been really impressed just seeing him uh, step his game up lately. Very good-looking guy. It's distracting occasionally to try to do a show with him nearby. I'd give it to him. <laughs> See, I, I just I can't take that 
away from drab t-shirt. In my mind, he has been the most attractive producer for 15 years now at the station, and it's because that little patch on his chin is just so darn cute. <laughs> yeah, Drabby is, uh, look, he's done very well. I think he's aging nicely. He's Benjamin Button, right? He, he's Every time you <laughs> check him out, he looks better than the last time. He's got some Jennifer Aniston to him. So I'm not, like, moving him <laughs> way down the board. But I think Clary deserves a little credit. He's been grinding, working very hard. The guy eats about 800 calories a day, and it's normally – 650 calories of chicken and then a little bit of something else. So I think, uh, yeah, he's, he's looking good. He's feeling good. I love to hear that. I want to hear more stories of him going binge drinking with his friends. Those are always the best. But let's get to the football on the field tonight. 7.30 is your kickoff for the Washington Commanders against the Cleveland Browns. How many snaps, or let's just say, how many throws will Sam Howell make tonight? What's your prediction? I think it'll be right around 10 or 11 throws. I think he's going to play the first quarter. Uh, so probably I would imagine if things go as they typically would in a preseason game, he'll have two or three drives. The only way that he wouldn't end up going the majority of the first quarter from what I'm hearing is if they go on a really long, sustained, successful touchdown drive, which based on practice and how they've looked against the first-team defense, I'm not banking on. But I guess – if the enemy goes a little deeper into the playbook than we're anticipating, run some things maybe the Browns haven't game-planned or aren't necessarily ready for, that, that's very much possible. But I think he gets two, three drives. I think they run probably somewhere around, you know, 15 to 17 plays, and, and I think he throws the ball close to 10 or so times. I'm interested to see how he's going to perform out there, but really offensively, I, I want to know what the offense is going to look like with Eric Bieniemy. What's the play calling going to be like? Uh, what do you imagine that they do on first downs? Will they throw more on first down, or is it, hey, it's preseason, we're going to run every first down? Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, in the preseason, Aaron Rodgers was on uh, hard knocks, mic'd up the other night on the sideline. Uh, from their Hall of Fame game. And he had a funny quote where he said, it's preseason, we should be throwing every down. And he's a quarterback <laughs> who's kind of joking around. But th there's some merit to it. You do want to establish not the run as much as, you know, everyone being able to do their jobs in the running game get going into the regular season. So you want to make sure everyone knows their assignments on every play and get some of the basics of the offense down. So you're going to call some runs. But I do think from an evaluational standpoint, you know, you're play calling to try to determine uh, the fate of players on the roster, specifically as the game goes along. But you want to evaluate. At wide receiver with McLaurin and Dotson, you kind of know what you have. But I'd like to see De'Ami Brown targeted a couple times early in the game. You really want to evaluate Sam Howell's readiness and how much he's grasping the offense and whether or not he's able to progress through reads and is he able to turn things down when a defense asks him to. Uh, those are the types of things you can only do if you're throwing the football. So, you know, I, look, I, I, traditionally I would throw the ball probably 65% of the time anyway. I think that's the best way to have success in today's NFL. But I would even turn that up a little bit in the preseason. I'm not sure that they will. And, and I would tell you this real quick, Adam. You know, their offense they're going to run with the enemy is not what you're going to necessarily see tonight in full. It's a lot of motions and stacks and bunches and three-by-one sets where it originally starts two-by-two. Two. They're going to table a lot of that until September. I remember when I was on the beat and I watched the entire preseason with Robert Griffin. We never saw pistol once. We never saw read option yeah. once. We had no idea what they were about to run. They kept it for that Saints game on the road in New Orleans and went and hung 40 and 450 yards. 
uh, with Griffin unveiling a new offense. So Bandamy's going to keep things close to the chest tonight. It's Grant Paulson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear Grant and Danny right here on 910. The fan always available on the Odyssey app. They take over after me from 3 to 6.30. Follow Grant on social media, Grant H. Paulson. What are your expectations for the defensive line? Will we see all the stars in action tonight? Yeah, from what I'm hearing, the starters are going to play on the D-line. So you will see Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, John Allen, and Chase Young at least in some minimum capacity unless there's a change of heart or they just haven't announced yet that, that someone's not going to play. But I'm actually really curious about the D-line, to be honest with you. I would put that in my top five among things I'll be tracking tonight for this reason. you got Chase Young coming off of a pretty serious injury that it cost him to miss almost all of last season. Though The three games we saw him play, he was a shell of himself, getting his sea legs back under him with a big knee brace on. It was like a, a car wrapped around his leg that made him basically immobile. Uh, that knee brace is gone. Does he look like he's got his burst and his twitch back off the line of scrimmage? You know, Allen and Payne are dudes, and Montez Sweat is going to be a, a game-wrecking impact player at times and, and show very well. But I just want to see, they dominated this offensive line all camp. One of the talks of training camp has been that the D-line crushed the O-line. The defense is way ahead of the offense. And this D-line's been jawing every practice about it. Now you're going up against a decent offensive line in Cleveland and a team that's actually game planning and preparing. So you did a lot of chirping. You, you were loud and your chest was out when you were tormenting an offensive line. None of us think is all that good at practice. Uh, let's see how they stack up against a pretty solid offensive line tonight. Grant, who do you predict is going to win kick returner and punt returner for the Commanders this season? Good question. I think at least to start, uh, kick returner I would say will be Antonio Gibson. Thought he did an admirable job for the most part last year, and he's kind of not necessarily moved down the running back depth chart, but with third down and two- and four-minute responsibilities, pass-catching duties like McKissick, they want to get the ball in his hands in space, and having him return kicks will be an easy way to do that. I think punt return-wise, uh, Dax Milne, if he makes the team, is going to get a chance to do that. I'm not convinced uh. he will make the team, but uh, he would be the sixth guy in. Another name to look out for in the preseason who might be able to help himself is Kaz Allen, the wide receiver out of UCLA who's been competing in that capacity. Um, so I would think it might be whoever the last wide receiver is uh, on the depth chart. Uh, Jahan Dotson would be outstanding, and I would love to see him do it. I'm just not convinced that they want to risk him in that regard. But I think if I was calling the shots, Dotson would get several looks this season as a punt returner, even if it's just in big spots, like tie game late, you're down one possession in the fourth quarter. Maybe you don't have him always catch punts, but I would certainly work him into the mix. It's something he's done at a high level in the past. Grant Polson on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline alongside Grant Danny. Alongside Grant Polson is Danny Ruye. can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, Grant and Danny. So, uh, Grant, Danny started his show, or at least the 3 p.m. hour the other day, by just railing on Curtis Samuel, who I love and I think could be an X-factor for the Commanders this season. What's your take on Curtis Samuel? Could he possibly play the punt returner role at any point? Yeah, you could put him back there and ask him to do that. I think he could do that successfully. I'm not nearly as down on Curtis Samuel as Danny is. He's, he's in yeah. Danny's doghouse. <laughs> Frankly, he's been in Danny's doghouse since a year after he got here. You know, Danny will tell you this. <laughs> he was giddy about going and getting Curtis Samuel. He was, like, writing love letters to him. I think he paid for a <laughs> billboard in D.C. imploring the team to go sign him. And then after his first year where he was just hurt all the time and ended up not helping them really at all, 
uh, he was kind of over it and, and didn't have a whole lot of interest in continuing the charade. So I think he's just grown frustrated. I think in this offense, though, uh, he's going to have a nice role. You know, I hate using the word like gadget guy, but he could be your Miko Hardman. You, you could use him in jet action. You could use him on end arounds. We've seen them, Scott Turner did it a bunch, giving him the ball in the backfield as a running back. Uh, getting him involved down the field would be nice to see. Uh, they've got weapons, man. McLaurin, top 10-ish wide receiver. I think Jahan Dotson, as much credit as he got in D.C. last year as a rookie, is one of the best-kept secrets in the NFL. I think ultimately he's going to be a top 15 wide receiver in this league. I'm very, very high on his game. I think he's a stud. So Samuel's legitimately kind of the third guy now and probably in the slot a ton. And, and I think you can get him on some matchups with safeties or linebackers occasionally and, and make him look good. But I'm really excited about the wide receiver room in general, more so McLaurin and Dotson. I think this is a year where you're going to see more of De'Ami Brown. Samuel will get in where he fits in, and I think they'll use him, as I said, kind of all over formations as a guy that defenses have to account for and locate pre-snap. Follow Grant on Twitter, Grant H. Polson. Thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Be good. Yep, love talking to you. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. Football is back once again. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. We will air Commanders games on Odyssey Richmond, available on the Odyssey app. If you're in Richmond today, pregame show starts at 5.30 that will air on 96.1 FM because with the Squirrels game tonight on 9:10 a.m. 7:30 is your kickoff with a 7 p.m. pregame show uh, or pregame coverage starting at 7 p.m. going all the way until 12:30 tonight with the postgame show. That's going to air on 11:40 a.m. in Richmond and 96.1 FM here on the home for the Commanders. And joining me right now to pre- preview preseason game one on the Hadid Mercer. Rug cleaning hotline. He is the sergeant in the AWOD Army, or Sergeant Rick Snyder. How are you doing today? Good, just counting down the hours. Yep, absolutely. So I'm so fired up to see our guys back in action, and all eyes will be on Sam Howell. We had Grant Polson on earlier. He's predicting 11 throws for Sam Howell today. What would be your prediction for his statistics, throwing and running? I say it's four of six for 28 yards passing and uh, three three runs for eight yards. Okay. And uh, what is the key thing that you want to watch for Sam Howell uh, tonight? For me, it's just please don't turn the ball over. Uh, yeah, I would say mistakes would be the biggest thing. I mean, I've been watching Scott throw the ball for a year. I know he can throw it down the field. He has pretty good uh, – Pretty pretty good arm. He makes mistakes trying to push things a little bit too much in practice. But he likes to say that that's practice and that's where he can make those mistakes. But, you know, you're kind of a creature of habit, too. So 
I mean, this year, I think Howe will have more touchdowns and interceptions, but I don't think it's a great uh, difference. Something like 18 touchdowns and, and 12 interceptions is what I think the year might bring. Rick, from what you've seen in training camp, what does this offseason need to work on, this offense need to work on most in preseason? Uh, pass blocking. I mean, I think they can yeah. run block okay. Uh, but that's the key to the season is the pass block. If they can get Hal time, they'll be okay. If they can't, then the team is uh, going to have a losing year. Uh, it really comes down to that. Everything else on the team, we pretty much can more or less tell what's going to happen. But I don't know here. I think Chris Paul might be their left guard because see, Charles is hurt again. Familiar. Uh, you know, the Gates has looked okay in practice at center, but I need to see more there. Cosme should be okay at right guard. I'd like to see a little more there. Uh, and uh, I think Wiley at right tackle, he'll be fine. So if they can stay healthy, if they can stay together, they'll be a decent line. Not a great one, but a decent one. Uh, And it starts tonight where you just want to see a glimpse of it. How about a couple of the rookies we drafted on the offensive line, Stromberg and Braden Daniels. Could Stromberg work his way into the starting lineup, you think, or it just couldn't happen? I think Tyler Lawson is number two, Um, you know, a veteran. So, if Schoenberg gets there, it's because they've got two injuries in front of them. And that has happened in the last two years. So I wouldn't rule it out completely. And Schoenberg might even you know, play guard if he has to. On the defensive side of the ball, what will you be looking closely at? We read an article from Commanders.com. They were focused on the defensive line. I might be more focused on the secondary. What do you think? Well, I, I think they're going to play a very vanilla uh, defense, I'm sure. You know, you're not going to see that 5-1-5 or something like this thing go coming at people. But I would like to see Ken Chase Young shed a blocker. That's key thing. You know, show me a little bit of a move. Show me you're not going to get caught up in this, you know, arm pushing around stuff. I think he's looked pretty good on his first step. But, you know, they don't really get to finish the runs in training camp. So, because, you know, against your own guy, you can't hit anybody. So, I want to see what he can do. That's probably the, the biggest thing because we know what the rest will do. We've got Sergeant Snyder in the AWOD Army. Rick Snyder with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can follow Rick on social media, Snide underscore remarks. Read his work online, monumentalthoughts.com. He's also a a columnist with 106.7 The Fan. Uh, So give me a prediction here. Tomorrow we wake up, we read the Washington Post. What will be the commander's headline? Well, commanders lose in big what (laughs) now? I don't even know what the score could be here, but I'm sure everyone's going to still bark about uh, the, the hot points. I mean, the thing is with these kind of games, they're hard to really make big assumptions on because most of the time the starters might play a quarter or so. So really what you're going to see is a lot of backups, which don't really matter a whole lot. Um, so I guess the, they might talk about the depth or something, but it's a throwaway kind of game. Do you think there will be any more conversation next week about Ron Rivera's comments that a couple players were a little concerned with the coaching style of Eric Bieniemy, or is that now a dead story? Well, I hope so, because I never thought it was a story to begin with. I thought that really got overblown. Uh, Ron wasn't throwing EB under the bus. He was kind of explaining things, and everyone just ran with it all the way. Uh, but EB needs to, to be able to learn a couple things, too, about, you know, you can't yell at everyone because not everyone responds to such things. Uh, he needs to learn to read the room a little better 
it's fine for motivating people, but people are motivated in different ways. So I think he needs to work on that touch a little bit. But that he's trying to push them hard, I have zero problems with. He has been, it has been a pretty good camp of get to the line, let's go. Because anytime I've seen players slack off in practice, they're usually part of, of bad teams. Rick Snyder with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow his work online, Snyder underscore remarks. Uh, special teams for the commanders in preseason. What's the latest with Tress Way, and will Joey Sly be kicker number one? Sly should be one. Um, and Tress Way is going to hold on kicks, probably because they do want some continuity with these two kickers uh, that have a, a good holder. Um, Tress is not going to punt because he's had some back spasm problems this week. No need to do it. So they, they signed a player. Uh, they gave him number zero, which pretty much is his chances of making the team. And uh, later on, we found out there has been a number zero, a uh, guy who played back in the 50s. <laughs> so there has been, he's not the first one. Uh, but, you know, Trest is the best punter they've ever had, I think, in franchise history. So they're not willing to gamble anything on him. They'll bring in another guy just to just see what he can do. Give me a name for a rookie that you'll be focusing in on. I think the obvious answer is probably Emmanuel Forbes. Who would you go with? Well, yeah, he just won't be on the field as much. But Chris Rodriguez should be on the field a lot as running back. Tell you, when this guy runs yeah. down the field, he's a locomotive going down the field. I want to see him when he gets hit in the secondary, you know, in a long run. Can he knock people down? Is he that kind of strong runner? You know, he's going to be a lot of third, third down and short type of runner. I want to see him in the open field. Can he knock people back? Yeah, no, that's interesting because there is a hole at that position with no more J.D. McKissick. Uh, and then there's Antonio Gibson, who will also be playing that third down role uh, most likely this season. W with Gibson, I want to see him show the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and make the first guy miss. It feels to me like Gibson is always one tackle, one broken tackle away from taking it the distance, but it's always like a shoestring tackle or something like that. The problem with this game is they're not going to really use that as plays. So you might see him catch one ball. That's really about it. You know, it's a very vanilla kind of game. See what your running game can do. See if Hal can, you know, I think he's going to dink and dunk a lot in this kind of game. He's not going to be throwing some slant 20 yards downfield and everybody go, ooh, look at that. They're not going to run that kind of play. <laughs> Next week, maybe against Baltimore, that's your week two. Uh, Ravens are a good team. That's your dress rehearsal, more or less. That's where you might get a peak of something, but that's all you're going to get is a peak. Rick, lastly, has there been any new news about possible stadium relocation uh, when the new stadium is built. I know Wes Moore, the Maryland governor, was out there. You had Glenn Youngkin the week before that. Any new uh, news about this story? Well, the team hired a guy to kind of oversee the stadium, uh, which he's done elsewhere. So they have now somebody in place to say, you're the head of the stadium church. And that's a positive sign. Uh, whether he's the negotiator of it, I'm not sure, but he's the nuts and bolts guy who, when you break ground, he's the guy that's going to say, let's go here, and this is how we'll do it. So that that's, that shows me that they're willing to get a, get to things quicker, you know, sooner than later. That said, they don't have a stadium design of any sort that I know of. Um, they're starting all that stuff from scratch, and some of that will be based on the site, you know, and how much acreage is the site. Uh, but I still think RFK is really the place to go. But, you know, Westmore wants to try and sweeten the offer, so you never know. Maybe you can make them an offer they can't refuse. 
Yep. Well, the new era begins tonight with no more Dan Snyder. And now here comes Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson. Do you think Magic will be in Cleveland for the game? I have not heard about that. Um, here's the one thought, though. I think Dan Snyder's going to look up at, I don't know, 2 in the morning and say, hey, the game's on because he's in the you know, Mediterranean somewhere. I wonder if he'll sit there and want, I bet he. I bet he doesn't give it a moment's thought about all of this. He's he's not thinking about us, and we're not thinking about him. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, he doesn't have any idea uh, who QB three is or any of the backups on the team. I, I barely think he knows much about Sam Howell. <laughs> I don't think he knew who QB three was last year, so or years before. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rick, I appreciate you taking yeah. the time. Anything you want to promote? Can, have you written anything people should read? Well, if you go on YouTube tonight during the game, I'm doing my only live chat during the game of the whole season because I'm not on deadline anywhere tonight. Um, so if you want to hang out, you know, on YouTube and just see how it works, go to Rick Snyder's Washington. Uh, and, you know, I've got 4,000-plus people watch there. And last week, a quarter of a million people watched my videos. You can see them all every day uh, on YouTube and social media. Uh, it amazes me, you know. I'm a celeb after 45 years of doing this. <laughs> it's because you do all these great hits on the junkies. <laughs> well, yeah. How many times have I been on the junkies? Hundreds. I'm still waiting for a fruit basket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the time, Rick. You can follow Rick on social media at snide underscore remarks. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. It was a beautiful day. Sun beat down. I had the radio on. I was driving. Trees went back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. It's Friday. Take an extended lunch break. You deserve it. Got a preseason game tonight. All Commanders games can be heard here in Richmond on Odyssey. So tonight we've got 5.30 pregame show, and it'll be airing on 96 1 FM because, of course, the Flying Squirrels are in town. They air always on 9 10 AM. And then kickoff can be heard on 11 40 AM and 96 1 FM. But also, this weekend marks the return of the English Premier League, the biggest soccer league in the world. Begins this weekend and actually begins today with a matchup in 26 minutes with Burnley against Manchester City, last year's champions. And joining me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's my buddy Andrew Passaro. What's going on, Andrew? How are we doing, bud? Very excited. We got, like like you just said, we've got soccer in 26 minutes and then an excellent full slate tomorrow and then two more fun ones on Sunday. It's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, so let's get your predictions for the top four in the Premier League. Who will finish in the top four? And give me a reason why for each squad. All right, so in fourth place, I have right now, right now, I have Liverpool. Uh, they still need to get some business done. There's a lot going on right now on Twitter involving them. But I think Liverpool have reloaded enough, adding 
a midfielder from that Argentinian World Cup winner last year, and Alexis McAllister. Uh, they add the captain of the Hungarian national team, uh, Big Dom. I'm not going to try to, to to say his last name. You can go look that one up. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but I think they've done enough. You've still got Mohamed Salah. You've still got a whole bunch of other players that are going to score a ton of goals this season. Probably uh, not do too great defensively. They're going to be an over the machine if you're a gambler like I am. Uh, third place, I've got Newcastle United. Uh, they brought in one of the best defensive uh, midfielders in the world, young defensive midfielders, and Sandro Tonali from AC Milan. Uh, they added Harvey Barnes, who's got Premier League experience. They surprised a lot of teams last year. They're playing for the first time in the Champions League in over 20 years, but I think they're going to be able to handle it really well. I've always rated Eddie Howe very highly, and he finally has a team with funds to back him, so I think Newcastle will do well. Uh, in second place, I still have Arsenal. They've had probably one of the greatest transfer windows of all time. Broke the, broke the record for Declan Rice, $105 million, the defensive midfielder from West Ham. But, uh, you know, they add a couple of pieces, Kai Havertz, Jurian Timber. I still just look at this team as a very young team that hasn't won anything, and I think they need to have that breakthrough moment before they're able to topple a team as dominant as Manchester City, who coming off a of treble, you've got Erling Holland, he's going to score a billion goals this year. Uh, so that's my top four. I think City have added well. I still expect them to add one or two more pieces. There's, you know, much like the, the trade deadline is in through the beginning of the NFL season, these teams can still go inside a couple more players over the next few weeks. There's three more weeks until the deadline closes. So expect things to be crazy and hectic over the next couple weeks. Andrew Passaro with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He's a producer based in New York, but you should check out his betting and soccer work with the Plus Money Pod. That is the Plus Money Pod, your home for the best EPL and, of course, Champions League bets in 15 minutes or less, hosted by Andrew Passaro. Follow him on social media at Andrew Passaro. Uh, so you mentioned it. Erling Holland is going to bang in a lot of goals. He's on my fantasy Premier League team. Uh, who else do you think is going to bang in a lot of goals this season in the EPL? Give me, like, your top three goal scorers this season. It's a great question. Um, I mean, Mo Salah is going to be up there, of course. So one thing, if you're betting on Mo Salah, you do have to be careful. He's going to miss some time because of the African Cup of Nations, which will be in January. I think he's only expected to miss one or two Premier League games, but it just kind of depends how much that throws him off his rhythm. He's still going to be up there. Bigger news in terms of strikers actually leaving the Premier League. Harry Kane landed and Bayern at, in Munich today to go sign for Bayern Munich. So that was somebody who put up 30 goals last year in the league that you're going to lose. But I still think guys like uh, Bakayo Saka or Martinelli, both at Arsenal, are probably going to get into double-digit goals like both of those kids a lot should continue to, you know, develop. They're definitely not at their peaks of their career. And then I really like Alexander Isak over at Newcastle. Got off to a little bit of a slow start last year, but I expect him to hit the ground running this year. Uh, that, that those would probably be guys all in and around by the top three or four goal scorers coming into this year. Andrew Passaro with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check out his podcast if you're a soccer fan or a sports gambler. It's the Plus Money Podcast at the Plus Money Pod on social media, available iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. How about this, Andrew? Let's just say you're an American 
All right, and Richmond's been in the top 10 the last five years for Premier League viewing. So we know there's a lot of Premier League fans in the 804, but maybe they haven't picked a team yet, and they just want to find an American and root for them. Well, with Nottingham Forest, you've got Matt Turner. Do you expect him to start in goal this season? And give me your thoughts on some of the rest of the Americans in the Premier League. I do. I do expect him. I mean, he wouldn't have left Arsenal if it wasn't for an opportunity to start week in, week out. So uh, that's definitely one. I think Forrest are going to stay up once again. They came on towards the latter half of the season, probably that last like three or four months. They were playing really good ball and they signed a ton of players last year. So if they can continue to like build that chemistry up, I expect them to be safe this year. They should be an exciting team to play. Um, other Americans in the league, I mean, we, we lost a few, actually. We, Christian Pulisic yeah. is now at AC Milan in Serie A. I do think AC Milan plus 550 to win Serie A uh, is a really good bet if you're looking for, for a fun number for the season. Um, Tyler Adams was moments away from signing from, for Chelsea today. Uh, and in the last, like, six hours, he even – the, the fee was agreed to. He took his medical, and he was taking promotional pictures in a Chelsea kit, and Chelsea decided that they do not want to buy him from Leeds. I still expect him to actually end up at a team more like an Aston Villa, maybe a Brighton, a mid-table club that's pushing for Europe, and I think that's the perfect place for him. So we'll see what happens with Tyler Adams. You've got a couple youngsters at, like, Crystal Palace and fringe players, but, uh, you know, that's really it for the Americans. I, if you're – a true red, white, and blue, I think you just got to, you know, stick hard on the uh, Nottingham Forest train, to be honest. Yeah, and also we love him locally because he was a former Richmond kicker. Andrew, love having you on Talking Soccer. I got to ask you, was this a failure for the U.S. women's national team to go out in the round of 16 to Sweden? Oh, um, I think so. Um, I mean, look, I, there are certain men's teams, you know what I mean, where – you look at Brazil, anytime they don't at least make it to a World Cup final, it's a failure. Like, how can we not hold – U.S. women have won the tournament more than anyone else. How can you not hold them to that standard? I do yeah. think it all comes down to, you know, we world, picking a World Cup team is a very difficult thing to do, and you have to be ruthless. You have to move on from the players that have kind of lost that – that you know that killer instinct and i'm not saying that this team lost that but i do think that they're just players who have been around this program for a really long time and other nations have kind of had the u.s is like we want to beat these ladies and right. it finally happens i think well let's just say andrew let's just say it a lot better let's just say it man a megan rapino didn't deserve to be on the roster i'm not going to say that look megan rapino okay. is one of the all-time greatest women's national team players I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that she didn't deserve to be on the roster. I'm saying that maybe she shouldn't have gotten the minutes that she got, and that comes down to, to management of the squad, and that comes down to the coach. I think that, you know, look, Messi's going to be like 38, 39 when the next World Cup comes around in 26. If you're Argentina, you, you probably want to bring him on the sheer factor that he's one of the greatest players of all time, and you want that veteran leadership a part of your team. But they're not going to play him – for every minute of the tournament. I think there's maybe something there with Rapino. Andrew, great stuff as always, man. And uh, give, a, give my audience a little preview of your podcast, the Plus Money Pod. Uh, so we come out twice a week. Uh, it's 15 minutes. My, me and my co-host and a variety of guys who jump on for third mic. We do, we do three or four games that we like each for our best bets for the weekend. I usually cook up some parlays. We'll do Premier League. We'll do Champions League if there's fun trends around Europe. 
Uh, we'll jump on those as well. But like I said, it's 15 minutes. Whether you're a soccer fan or not, if you want to bet some money on soccer, have something to watch before the NFL, before college football kicks off, we've got you covered. Like I said, twice a week, we're betting on all of it, all over Europe. And I've been cooking up. I've been hitting my Miami bets probably 70% uh, once Lionel Messi has joined Inter-Miami. So if there's, you know, 22 people running around the pitch with uh, with a soccer ball, we're betting on it. So like I said, like Adam said, Follow us at the Plus Money Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and all of our episodes now on YouTube so you can watch us as well. And uh, we'll have the graphics up there for all the best so you know exactly what to go bet on. It's going to be another fun season. Really looking forward to uh, getting after it all year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Chelsea demolishing Liverpool anytime they play. I <laughs> uh, doubt it on Sunday, bud. Uh, defense is optional. Absolutely love the over in that one. But I will say the last four games that Chelsea and Liverpool have played – there's been exactly no goal scored. Two of those were cup <laughs> finals. So at 60 extra minutes of those four games, and there's no goals. So uh, I do like the over three and a half plus 166, but I also think you kind of got a hedge. Um, under half a goal was plus 1380 on FanDuel as of yesterday afternoon. Also, Mohamed Salah has scored on the opening day in every single Premier League season. He's plus 165 anytime goal scorer on Sunday at 1130 for that one. That's Andrew Passaro. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.